Hello, hello my friends, my family, my community, my tribe. Welcome to the Hippie Moms Podcast. What's up my friends? Happy day to you, whatever day it is that you're listening to this podcast. I'm just so stoked you're here. Um, you, This conversation is so freaking good. Um, I'm going to introduce you to Dr. Uh, Magna Dasani in just a minute, but I want to give a shout out to my sponsor for this podcast, and this is Rooted in Infused Magnesium Creams. And I really wanted uh, to share these magnesium creams because um, magnesium is pretty much vital for everything in life. It is responsible for over 300 biochemical processes in the body, and because of our soil quality, um, and we're just not getting enough, you guys. And stress, uh, processed food, sugar, all these things deplete the body of its magnesium. And so it's so important we get it. So I use uh, Rooted in Mag- Infused Magnesium Creams. They are amazing, they're super clean. They are infused with beautiful herbs that support the body. And the one I use before sleep, because that's what we're gonna be talking about is sleep, 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 is uh, the Rest Blend it is so beautiful i put it on every single night i've been using it uh, for at least three or four months and i have been sleeping like a baby i recommend this all to my clients as well it's something that i put on on my torso at night it's just this beautiful cream and a little goes a long way that's this really cool thing about it you don't need a lot so i just put a little bit put it on my stomach and my chest and the smell is divine um, and it's rich with magnesium and bioavailable, so my body just absorbs it. It's incredible. Uh, you can check it out. I'm going to put the link in the show notes. You can also use the code HIPPYMOM for 20% off, right? You got it. I'm here for you. I want to bring you companies that are doing it right, and it is so, it's such my honor to, uh, to give you access or just present this information to you because they're amazing. Um, love Natalie uh, Gerardo, who's on our podcast too. She's the owner. So we got to support small businesses, you guys, and especially businesses that are doing it right. That is a huge part of my mission. And I hope that um, you start, uh, yeah, exploring that for yourself. Okay. So Dr. Dasani is incredible. She just uh, launched a new book called Airway is Life. And it's all about waking up to our family sleep crisis. You guys, we are in a huge crisis. In, in this conversation, I could not believe all of the symptoms and consequences from uh, not getting a good night's sleep. Now, I know how important sleep is, um, and especially as moms, especially if you're a young mom, I hear you, I feel you, I see you, mama. Um, I know how hard it is to get a good night's sleep, but I promise it'll come back. I promise my kids are seven and nine and sleep will come back to you, I promise. Um, But it's really important that we do uh, things in our life to promote good sleep, moving our bodies, eating nourishing foods. Uh, Dr. Magna Dasani talks a lot, a lot about this, Um, but a little bit about her. Um, She is, she's actually, she's been practicing dentistry for over two decades, for about 20 years. And she's always been passionate about the the role of the dentist in the whole body health. A lot of dentists are not connected to whole body. They just look at teeth as that's what they are. But did you know your teeth are connected to organs? Um, they, everything's connected, you guys. So getting root canals and doing these certain things, um, you know, they, I thank God they don't do, uh, amalgam fillings anymore. Those are just horrible, um, 
And if you have one, it's okay. My, my husband has them too. There are ways to treat that. Um, it's not to get caught up on that, but it's really important as we move forward and we're helping our kids in that role that we are educated and informed so that we can make better decisions. Um, so Dr. Dasani has begun to identify and treat adult and pediatric sleep apnea in her practice. Um, her in-depth knowledge of oral facial anatomy allows her to help her patients with underlying defects such with the tongue, jaw, and palate. And you know, some people have reached adulthood without ever being educated on how the shape of their school affects their breathing and sleep. And you guys, because now kids are being more bottle fed, this is why breastfeeding is so important. You know, processed foods, not getting enough fat soluble vitamins, our jaws and teeth cannot, cannot develop. And so we're having breathing issues and major issues with our mouth, which is so crazy. Um, she's a she's a writer. She still has her practice, um, and she's actually published two books on sleep apnea um, and the dental practice. Sleep, health. He, sorry, it's healthy sleep, happy kids, and sleep breathe dream. Um, so actually, this is her third book. Airway is life. Um, she's incredible. She has you know she has so many um, um, amazing things that she has done. I'm not going to have time to do it, but I'm going to put her link um, to Airway is life on this. Um, on this specific um, show notes so that you guys can connect with her. You can get the book and just begin to explore a little bit more, especially mamas and papas. Papas are listening or mamas listen, um, especially if you guys, if, you're, if your kids are having trouble sleeping, you need to get connected. This is something that can literally impact the rest of their lives. So I am so, so honored to have Dr. Dasani on my podcast. Um, and without further ado, let's get into it. So you just, you just launched a book. When did this book launch? February 26th. Okay. And what, what's the title? Airway is life. Waking Airway. up. Your, Airway is life. Airway is life. It is. It, it, that's like the very first thing we need in our life is air. Exactly. So isn't that interesting that we're having problems getting air into our body? Like the foundation of life. Exactly. Why, why are we having problems? (laughs) That's a lot to unpack with such a simple question, right? Right. Right. That's yeah. It's, there's so much that, that we can talk about why we have these problems. You know, it goes down to, is there an obstruction? Mm -hmm. Is there a developmental, um, and I hate to use the word, word abnormality, but did things right. do not develop the way they should have? Right. Um, did our body not have the resources that it needed mm-hmm. to get to where it needed to? Because our bodies know what they need to do. Yeah. We have the on-off switches. What is going on with those switches? Yes. Yes. So the switches, you mean, uh, the, are you referring to epigenetics? Correct. Okay. So, so just for our listener, we all know that we have genes, we inherit genes from our, our parents and their parents and their parents. And, but our lifestyle factors can turn on and off those genes, thus epigenetics. So we're really talking about environmental right. impacts. All of the, um, the chemicals that our bodies are exposed to on a daily basis and not just in the foods, but you know what we use to clean our households with products that we may use, uh, personal care products, 
for lack of a better word, all of that does play a role. Um, but at the very, um, the root of it is if our body isn't getting the oxygen that it needs to be able to heal, replenish, restore, repair, rejuvenate everything else. We could do, you know, eat the purest, cleanest foods, but if the very basic building block oxygen isn't given to our bodies, mm. nothing um, happens the way it yes. needs to. Yes. And, and I really love to, I really love, you know, we obviously, we have to have air, we have to have water, we have to have food and sleep. Yes. And if we're not getting the first thing, the rest, the, th the other three don't matter. Exactly. Exactly. And then the air and the sleep kind of go together, right? If we're not getting the quality of sleep because mm. of, you know, are you not breathing right? Is that what's impacting the sleep? Is that what's causing your brain to wake you up? What we call as micro arousals um, mm. is not impacting it. So both of those I find go hand in hand, especially when we're asleep, because if there is any obstruction to your airway, your brain is going to do everything it can, survival, right? Mm -hmm. To wake you up and does it look like us struggling to breathe, the choking and gasping for breath? Adults uh, that wake up multiple times to use the bathroom or for our kids, are they messy sleepers? Do they wet the bed? Mm -hmm. This is all reflex mechanisms that our body builds in to wake you up, but also because those neurotransmitters aren't being topped off. So what is happening where? So so good. I just love how you explain that because most people just wake up and like, oh, I need to pee or, oh, I just, I'm just not sleeping great, but they don't understand that their body's literally not getting the most important element that they need. Exactly. Exactly. So how does that trickle into our lives? Like when we are awake? The question that we need to ask ourselves is how do we feel when we haven't gotten a good night's sleep mm -hmm. or we're sleep deprived, right? I haven't maybe gotten enough hours of sleep or secondly, not gotten good quality sleep. Mm -hmm. And that's where the, the disconnect happens for a lot of people. So in our kids, right, we're all so good at making sure our kids get enough hours of sleep. My child's in bed by seven. I make sure she gets 10, 11, 12 hours of sleep. But if that quality sleep isn't happening, what do we have when that child wakes up? We either have a kid that's woken up on the wrong side of the bed, um, has a hard time focusing at school, um, has a hard time getting along with their peers or their siblings, right? Mm -hmm. Little things. I'll have moms come and tell me, well, his handwriting isn't quite what it used to be. Mm. Um, they can't sit still. Teacher says they have ants in their pants. Um, reaching for the, uh, the sugary processed foods because they know instinctively that's what's going to give them that instant burst of energy. Right. Our kids that are being diagnosed with ADD, ADHD, do they, are they not just bedwetting at nighttime, but even during the day, just bladder control becomes an issue. I mean, what eight-year-old wants to wet his pants. You know, yeah. when I see 16 year olds that come in for bedwetting as a dentist, I know that mom and child 
have done everything they possibly needed to. Mm -hmm. So how does that trickle into their lives? But then it also tells me we see more kids that are struggling with obesity. We see more and more kids with cardiac issues, with diabetes. These are newer diseases in our children, right? I mean, growing up, I know it was always like, oh, the older uncles, aunts, grandpas, were grandmas were diagnosed with all these medications, uh, with all these conditions. And now it's not uncommon for a five, six, seven-year-old to come into the practice with a long list of medications that they're needing. So it, it definitely impacts how they feel, their life, their health, just overall well-being for sure. Well, and, and one of the things that you just, I mean, that, well, a lot of the things that you said, their attention, their moods, you know, a lot of these things can be diagnosed as mental health issues like ADD, ADHD, um, anger issues, Yes. When, but it's really going back because there's, their body is not getting, they're not, it's not, and, and what's hap, what's hap, what is so important about sleep? Why do we need sleep? Dr. Oh my Dr. gosh, how long do we have? <laughs> Can you wrap it up? But I mean, this this is what I think is, I think people hear like, oh yeah, sleep's important, you need sleep, but why? What's happening when we're sleeping? So we're going to go back to the very, very basics. This okay. is what I teach the doctors that I train. Love it. Um, the kind of sleep that we have is divided into two types. We either have REM sleep, that is a rapid eye movement, or the non-REM, non-rapid eye movement. In the initial part, the initial two-thirds of our night is dominated by non-REM sleep. We mm -hmm. still do get REM sleep, but it's dominated by non-REM. Okay. In the latter half of the night, the latter one-third, we do have non-REM, but again, that's dominated by REM sleep. Oh, here is why how much sleep now becomes important. Mm. Non-REM sleep is when our bodies are healing. It's like sending your body into the body shop. Ooh. So for those of us adults that want to do CrossFit and yoga and everything that we put our bodies through, that's when all the healing happens. That's when mm. the repair happens. Non-REM sleep is also when growth hormone is released. So for our bodies, repairs happening, muscles building, if you're working with weights, that's when that happens. But that growth hormone in our kids and our babies is helping them grow. That's mm -hmm. how muscle mass is developed. That's how their bodies know to grow. So when I see kids that are not sleeping well and we start to get them the help that they need, we start to open up their airways it's not uncommon for them to come in every month for an appointment and they're like taller and taller and taller because now that growth hormone is being topped off. Oh, so good. This is when the connections are forming in the brains. This is when they are cementing what they're learning. Mm. Our kids, how much do we expect them to learn every day? Nonstop, right? They're little yeah. brains, they're sponges. They go to school, learn something new. We expect them to retain that. But night when they get the sleep, all that clutter gets washed away. The important stuff gets cemented into their brain. Mm. This is how memories are formed for them. Yes. Now the REM sleep, that is when the brain heals. That is when we have our most vivid dreams. Mm. So the non-REM is your body's healing. The REM is your mind. Your brain is actually healing. 
That's when your neurotransmitters are getting topped off. When you have um, the toxins that accumulate inside our brain, which for the record contributes to Alzheimer's, huh? all of that gets washed away. Ooh. So think about it. Now, when you start to connect the dots, you're going, wait, if I don't have good sleep as a baby, as a child, over time that accumulates. Hence, we now see Alzheimer's patients, they're getting younger and younger and younger. Not uncommon to see late 40s. Mm -hmm. Wow. This is where we connect the dots. So when we fix our kids' sleep as kids, as infants, as babies, as children, we are giving them a good start in life. Not only are we helping them grow, but we're clearing their brains of all those toxins. We're actually letting them get the best healing, the best repair, the best, the best starts basically mm. in their lives. So that's what? why it's important. Just that. It's, oh, that's all. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> I, wow. I mean, I, I always say this, but like we just, as moms, we just want our, we want our kids to be happy and healthy. That's all that matters. And, and it's hard in this world. Yes. It's so hard because our world is not set up mm. to really cultivate and support health. And so moms that are listening to this podcast are, you know, they're on the path of doing things differently. And so let's, let's get into um, the things that really matter that we can really help support not only our kids, but ours too. Cause I know if you sleep, that's actually very anti-aging, is it not? Oh my gosh. Yes. That's right? how collagen builds up. Yes. <laughs> yes. I want to talk about that because I mean, I, you know, I did a, a presentation the other day and I was, it was really like, I, I want to feel energetic and be able to just, you know, get off the toilet when I'm 96. You oh know, it's, gosh, yes. it's really looking at the long term and sleep is such a fundamental part of being healthy when we're older. We don't just want that for our kids, but we want that for ourselves so we can witness our kids, kids or, you know, future exactly. generations. Exactly. And I, I think as long as we all understand that it's not just what sleep is, there's two components to it. We want to make sure we're getting enough hours of sleep, mm. like I just described earlier, because each the how long you sleep determines that we have enough time for both phases of sleep. So both of those healing processes happen. Okay. So not just enough quality, a quantity of sleep, but we want good quality sleep. Mm -hmm. You could be one that is in bed for 10 hours, but if you're tossing and turning, getting up to use the bathroom three times a night and then getting up for a drink of water a fourth time, and then it's too hot and it's too cold and you really can't stay asleep, mm -mm. well, that's not good quality sleep. Mm -hmm. So even though you were in bed, you didn't quite get the benefits that you should have from sleep. So we have to make sure both of those needs are addressed. And once that happens, that's where the magic happens because now your body is able to heal. Mm -hmm. That's when, like I said, be it the neurotransmitters being replenished, think about it. Leptin and ghrelin are satiety and hunger hormones. If you get that quality sleep, your leptin levels are higher. You're not as hungry or hangry as I call it. Ooh. You're not craving all those carbs and the refined, like all the sugars and all the nasty stuff that we want to put inside our body. Right. Um, and there are times I'll do that. I'll be like, why am I 
craving an apple today and not a cupcake. I mean, yes. think about it. What is my instant go-to? I mean, of course the cupcake's much more appealing, but there are some days it's like, I just want fruit. I just want a bowl of fruit. Yeah. Think back. And I've probably gotten some amazing sleep over the past few days to where my body knows. It's like, just let's get some nourishment. Let's mm. nourish instead of kind of pour calories into you. Uh, that, I, I mean, I just want to sit on that for a moment because, you know, so many people have sugar cravings and they can't control. They're always hungry and, or people that drink like a bottle of wine before dinner. And we all know you're not going to get good sleep when you drink a lot of alcohol yeah. before you oh, go to gosh, sleep no. ever. Um, yeah, that's a whole other issue, but <laughs> right. That's a, other, a topic, but you know, it, it's really interesting because if we can really create a space and really focus on getting good sleep, that could eventually help us lose weight easily and effortlessly. Oh, absolutely. Right? If you're well rested, not only are you nourishing right, you actually have more energy. I am now motivated to go to the gym and actually have put in a workout that's going to benefit me. Mm. What am I going to want to do after that? I'm going to want to hydrate because yeah. my body knows what it needs. We don't really need to teach our bodies. Our bodies have, like, we know what yes. our body needs. Yes. It's, I personally, I haven't touched a soda in years because I just don't crave it. It's just, it feels yucky to me. I know right. all I want is water. Mm -hmm. And your brain knows that, my brain knows that I need to hydrate with water, just like that. If we give our bodies the correct building blocks, everything else happens. We, like we were talking earlier, we have our inbuilt switches, epigenetic switches that we know what we need. Yes, oh, I love that. Okay, so let's, um, let's so we need a quantity. Can we touch on that? I mean, what is ideal? Are, does it change as we age? It definitely changes. Okay. So of course, you know, kids that are growing need more sleep, which is why our babies will sleep, what, 12, 18 hours a day. And we yeah. want them to. Yeah. Um, our toddlers, younger kids, we do want them to get more sleep. As they get into the teenage years, their sleep patterns flip a little. I have a teenager and a tween at home. So good God. Um, <laughs> but I was like, go Aww. to sleep. And I have to remind myself, no, you're a teenager. Your, your body's changing. I get it. Yes. But for the most part, I tell parents this, you know, yes, our younger kids need sleep, but as adults, seven to nine hours. Yes. The eight hours is the magic number. I say 7.7 .7 to eight hours. If we can get that, yeah. you're well covered. Now, keeping in mind, everybody's different. You know, you may be okay with six hours and I may need nine hours, mm -hmm. but um, if we stay within that range, we're usually good. The one thing I always warn people, parents, kids, anybody is sleep debt we tend to skimp on sleep during the week and say, I'm going to get caught up over the weekend. Never happens. Oh, Never so happens. Good. Yeah. Besides, it's one thing to remember that debt looks different for everybody. Mm. Right. And I always compare it to financial debt. I may be okay with being $100 in debt and you may be okay being $10 in debt. How do we know? There's no way for our bodies to keep account of that. 
Mm-hmm. So do I know that, am I one that needs nine hours or am I one that needs five hours? I just don't know. So I'd rather almost try and stick to the eight mm-hmm. and our bodies tape, even it out then as, as we get caught up for lack of a better word. But that is key to making sure we're getting enough sleep. And then yes, as we get older, uh, our sleep needs do change, you know, tend to see older individuals need fewer hours of sleep. They just don't seem to get as deeper sleep as they need. Um, Again, a lot of factors play into that, but I like to say, you know, let's, you know, consider that for all purposes, we want about eight hours of sleep. I love that. Yeah. I'm like eight, eight, nine, 10. That's why I can get it. So, okay. I have a question. Um, just, just to go on that, and then I really want to go into quality and really get dive in there for a moment. But, um, you know, it, it, are we supposed to wake up and just like, ah, we, are. To- we are, oh, we are. <laughs> I, I really do. I, you know, I, I, on our summit talk, I, I told you ever since I've been using no strips, because I have a deviated septum and, mm-hmm. and oh, I've been sleeping great. That's I mean, great. and I don't wake up at night anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been life-changing. Really that like, but yeah. I don't wake up, you know, when I'm, I'm supposed to get up and I'm like, oh, I get to sleep for another hour. So what, what am I doing wrong? What, how can I fix that? I don't necessarily know that you're doing anything wrong. Again, okay. you know, there's so many factors that go into it, making right. sure vitamin D levels are checked out, making sure you are where you need to be with vitamin D, okay. uh, B5, all of those. Mm-hmm. But uh, the question to ask ourselves is, are you getting caught up with your sleep debt? Yeah. And maybe that's all it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, which is why, you know, for listeners, it's always important that they work with their doctors to yeah. kind of get all this sorted out, figured out, because there's so many pieces to this puzzle. But um, always, you know, when you think hoofbeats, think horses, not zebras. And yeah. I tell parents this too. Let's start with the very basic. Are we still getting caught up on how much sleep we need? Okay, I love it. Okay, so let's let's dive into some of the basics. Because um, uh, as we were talking earlier, and I, I want to lead with this, I have in the human, uh, hippie mom community, we had a mom that d- put a video of her child, uh, probably five, six, maybe less than that years old. He was snoring, legit snoring. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is that telling us when our kids are snoring? Because I, you know, my dad's about seventy-five. He snores. He did, he will not get a sleep. He has sleep apnea. It's so obvious. He just refuses to get a, a machine and that's fine. But I mean, he, ha- he's always been a snore, like loud, scary snore. And for me, that was just normal, but that's not normal, right? To it snore is not, not normal. So kind of, can we dive into snoring and what that's telling us? And I mean, cause that's just a sign and symptom. Absolutely. Snoring is usually the first sign that there's something wrong with that person's sleep and they're breathing during the sleep. Um, The best analogy I can give for that is there is something that's either obstructing the airway or narrowing it Mm -hmm. where that person is trying to take that amount of air in, right? Mm -hmm. But now it's going through a much narrower straw, a smaller hose, and that is what's contributing to the force that it's being sucked in through a smaller Mm -hmm. uh, tube. But then we also now have all the tissues in the back of the throat that are sitting there. That's what's causing it. The turbulence itself. 
And um, we want a smoother flow. We mm -hmm. want a smoothie straw airway instead of a coffee stirrer airway. Right. Yeah. So anytime there is snoring, I always encourage everybody, get it looked at, get it evaluated. Uh, it's never okay. It's never cute. Uh, not in dogs, not in babies, in anybody. We always want to make sure it is addressed and evaluated. Okay. Uh-oh, I'm worried because I have a pug who snores all night long. But <laughs> he's 15, so there's nothing we're going to do. We're not going to keep doing surgery. But when you have a child that's snoring. Absolutely. Um, now, if they're not snoring, you know, there's a big... So Okay, so we talked about most of the time people take their kids to ENTs. Now, and I get that, but a lot of people want this quick fix. Okay, we're going to remove the atenoids. We're going to remove the tonsils so that... But we're never getting to the issue. Mm -hmm. right? Is there something, is it inflammation that's happening in the body that's causing this or what is it? Is it, and you also said the weight, maybe we haven't developed, right? What's contributing to this and what can we as moms do to help our kids rather than getting a piece of the body taken out? So sometimes it's warranted. They need it out. Okay. Uh, important to remember it can grow back. Mm -hmm. So it's not a permanent fix. Tonsils can grow back? The adenoids. Oh, the adenoids. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. Yes. So and interesting. It's not a permanent fix. And any improvement from the literature that I have read is um, typically it's not permanent. Okay. So you, because we are not addressing the issue. Mm -hmm. If we take five big steps back, the one thing I always want to make sure parents are having their healthcare providers assess their child for is, do they have a tongue tie? Yes. Are they mouth breathing? Those are two key things. The mouth breathing you as parents can evaluate at home, right? Best thing to do. If your child is focusing on something, reading a book, playing a video game, playing on their phone, puzzles, coloring, it doesn't matter, watching TV, do they have open mouth posture? Are they sitting with their mouth open? Mm -hmm. That tells you and me that they are possibly a mouth breather. Yeah. Connect that to what is the position of the tongue look like? The tongue does not belong in the floor of the mouth. Oh. The tongue has to rest passively in the roof of the mouth. That's where it acts as a passive expander mm -hmm. and as a retainer. Oh. Think about... If, if we think about our heads, right? The palate or the roof of the mouth is also the floor of the nose. So if I don't have a tongue that's sitting up here and actually causing it to be expanded, we end up with these narrow palates. which mm. also leads us to a narrow upper airway. That's where our airway starts. So we automatically have narrowed airways. Mm making sure that's where we started now to think about, again, now we're taking another step forward. If this child is a mouth breather, if for whatever reason they have a tongue tie, they may or may not, I don't know. When we have a child that is a mouth breather, all of the air that they're off, most of the air that they're inhaling is going in through their mouth. Mm -hmm. We are supposed to breathe through our nose. Right. Normal resting posture is lips together, just like you're doing right now, mm -hmm. lips together, breathing through the nose. Yes. And our tongue resting passively in the roof of the mouth. Mm. 
So if you're not breathing through your nose, what is the function of the nose? To filter the air, mm -hmm. to humidify it, to warm that air, to even out the flow of air going into our lungs. Mm. Well, guess what? If I'm not breathing through my nose, who is doing this job when I'm breathing through my mouth? Who are the gatekeepers to our airway? Mm. The tonsils. Got it. The tonsils are not made to filter everything. But if I'm breathing through my mouth and I have all these viruses and bacteria and crud that's going in, it gets, dis it gets lodged onto our tonsils. It kind of sort of acts as a partial filter, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tonsils are not equipped to deal with this. And they go, oh, good God, she's making me do this. So now, how do they respond? Anything in our body, it starts to enlarge. Yes. We've now created the perfect storm. We have a child, which is a smaller person mm -hmm. with larger tonsils. Mm -hmm. If that tongue isn't resting in the roof of the mouth, it's resting below. We now have a potentially constricted upper arch mm. palate. Mm -hmm which leads to a constricted upper airway. Mm. I've just created the perfect storm. Yes. And this Star is a child, yes, this is a child that is probably suffering from frequent ear infections. I had a daughter that had to have tubes put in. Um, this is a child that cannot breathe through their nose, uh, is sick a lot, mm -hmm. snores, mm -hmm. laundry list of mm -hmm. what's going on with this child. Okay. Amazing. Okay. So, so if I take the tonsils out though, right. I, yes, I've potentially widened that airway, right? But have I truly solved what's going on? Because they're still going to breathe through their mouth, right? Exactly. Exactly. And that's what I tell moms. We have an SUV that's parked, bigger tonsils, that's parked in a compact car parking spot. Mm. If I can teach you how to drive and park it right, and make you a bigger parking spot, how does that sound? Much better. I'm gonna teach you to breathe through your nose and widen up the airway. Those mm -hmm. tonsils will go back to the size they need to be. Mm. We just Again. have to give them the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Again, just, just you're helping, now you're uh, supporting your body's natural healing ability, exactly. which we were talking about. Exactly. Okay, exactly. so good. Um, can we talk about how can we help our kids nose breathe and, 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 and what other external factors is affecting that? I mean, I'm sure there's what we're eating. Oh, absolutely. Right. Right. So, so yeah. Can, can we starting with making sure we're addressing allergies, okay. right? Environmental allergies. If we're doing the nasal flushing sinus rinses, I'm a huge fan of those. You like those? Oh, I'm a huge fan. Do you do it every night, every morning, both? What do you do? I our family does it every night. Okay. If anybody's starting to feel cruddy, we'll do it twice. Okay. Um, in the functional medicine world, we've had doctors talk about how there's potential benefits to preventing COVID because mm -hmm. of how you're flushing your noses and your sinuses out. So I'm a huge fan regardless. And your kids um, do it. Oh, my girls do it too. I have two-year-old patients that'll do it okay. uh, in my... It, just comes down. I tell the kids this, it's like getting your head underwater and getting water up your nose when you're swimming. It's yeah. 
a little uncomfortable for a second and it's over, but they feel so much better after. I think it feels so good. Yeah. Um, you can actually breathe. Yes. Well, that's what I've been doing that and the nose strip. Um, so can I just, uh, just because I have you just real quick. Yes. Um, I have a deviated system, mm-hmm. but is that something I need to go and spend money to get fixed or can I stay with my nose strip? Because I also hear there's scar tissue. So can you clear that up for me? Cause I'm very confused. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it depends on the case, okay. but I always encourage patients with a deviated septum to go have it evaluated. Okay. If it does need to be addressed and can be addressed, I, I always tell them to do it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. I, I just, I don't like surgery, but I know, I'm, but I'm also, I, I want to be the optimal version of me. So I'm willing to do yes. whatever, you know, ha- go see your doctor yeah. and find someone you trust and That's the problem. with your recommendations. Can yeah. you look at it? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm not an ENT. <laughs> oh, bummer. Okay. <laughs> I have to go back to med school for that. <laughs> well, I really, I really appreciate that. So that's, that's really good to know. Okay. So let's, let's get back to, we, we want to encourage our kids to nose breathe. Mm-hmm. And so cleaning the nose with the saline solution. Correct. Um, so good. Basically addressing environmental allergies. And then the, another big one is dietary. Yes. Uh, keeping away from our five big allergens. You know, we've talked about this gluten, yes. dairy, soy, corn, sugar, you mm-hmm. eliminate that dairy is the worst culprit, right? Yes. Um, I tell moms, get your kids off of dairy. You should start to see results in mm-hmm. as soon as two weeks, you'll start to see because dairy produces mucus in our body. Right. And it's, let's just put it this way. We're not meant to consume dairy um, once we're weaned off. Okay. So, okay. And uh, let's, let's dive in that a little bit because, you know, last time on the summit in between our sessions, I was like, well, what do you think about like fermented dairy, you know, like kefir or like really high quality yogurts? Yes. Because what is the difference? It's the bacteria. It's the bacteria in it that does it. Yeah. Yeah. So even, um, what about raw cheeses that haven't been pasteurized? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So it's really put it in different perspective, anything that is going to support your gut microbiome. Yeah. If we can have good gut health, Mm -hmm. everything else is going to fall into place. You are speaking my language. (laughs) (laughs) I love it so much because I, you know, and I, and when we're, so what, so dairy, you know, conventional dairy, dairy that's been pasteurized, that is, you know, you heat it up and you eliminate all the good enzymes and things that help break down those proteins. And then gluten, soy is a huge, gluten is a big one. Can we talk about that for a moment and how that. It's just the inflammation it produces in the body. All of these, you know, it's, it's the inflammation. Inflammation is there is swelling associated with inflammation too. Right. All of that narrows everything down besides gluten, all of these, basically they wreak havoc on our gut microbiome Mm. and whatever we could do to protect that is because a lot of vitamin D is produced in our bodies. We need all of that for optimal function for Mm -hmm quality sleep for healing, because all of this is the building blocks. And if we're, we have building blocks that are not, that are not structurally stable, let's put yeah. it that way. Yeah. Um, our bodies don't get what they need. Then. Mm-hmm. 
So it's, it's almost like a difference of, are we really building like hulks, like, you know, Hulk Hogan, you know, that, that, or are we building like little Waldos? Right. <laughs> there, there's there are the Waldos. I can't see them, but <laughs> yeah, I love that. So it's really okay. So eliminating those inflammatory foods, including sugar. And that's a big one mm-hmm. for moms because whose kid is not addicted or wants to eat sugar all the time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's, the hidden sugars that are so that that's a huge culprit. It's like, wait, I didn't know there's sugar in ketchup, you know, reading labels yes. or in bread yes. or which, which most have gluten. So, you know, yes. And, and, and it's really, it's really, I love, I, it's really about the little baby stuff. So it is, it, you know, cause I think for a lot of moms listening, it's like, oh my gosh, for me to take care of, take out gluten and dairy and soy, let's get rid of soy. That's not that difficult corn corn corn's everywhere so same thing it's hidden in in so many different forms we don't quite get it but yeah it can get super overwhelming i get it and i tell moms this let's start with one thing let's start with the dairy and let's try and switch to as much real and whole food Mm. so if your plate we want to have every color of the rainbow. You want all your fruits and veggies get like last night, my daughter was like, I am really craving sugar. I was like, okay, what are you going to do? Next thing I see, she's peeling a banana. I was like, yes, I'm doing something right. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And it really is, you know, just giving your kids the tools Mm -hmm. they need. Right. And first we have to be that as an example. So maybe that's something moms could do too. It's like, well, instead of trying to force it on the family, you start playing with it in your life. Yeah. 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 Because don't get me wrong, I'm a huge, like, give me a choice and I'll reach for a cupcake any day over anything else. I mean, that's, you know, it's, your brain is just wired, but we have to give them the choices and the tools Mm -hmm. to be able to make the right decisions. Exactly. And we can only do that if we're aware of them. And that's exactly, and that's why I'm just so grateful for your work, because really, if you can help people sleep, you are changing not only their lives, but the dynamic of the family, because what happens when we're well-rested, we are much less irritable and we're much nicer people. Oh my gosh. Yes. Right. (laughs) We want to spend time with our kids. We actually have the energy to be with them, to do things as a family, to be outside, play outside instead of stuck in front of screens all day long. Yes. Oh yes. Screens. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's a whole other conversation. I love it. Okay. So, um, we're before, before we wrap it up, I, I, um, and before I'm going to talk a little bit about your book before we uh, wrap this up, but what are some other things that we can do to really help start to support our sleep and our children's sleep? What are like the top couple tips that if we were to do these, these would be the first things you would ask us to do. Um, establishing good routines, bedtime routines as to making sure we have an established Let's get into bedtime and wake up time. Mm-hmm. This is going to synchronize our sleep cycles mm. and making sure we stick to that yeah. throughout the week, not just Monday through Thursday, and then a different schedule, like over the weekend, yeah. weekends, holidays, trying to stick to the same sleep schedule. That is huge. Huge. Um, taking away no screen time before bedtime mm-hmm. because the blue light that our screens emit, um, 
suppresses release of melatonin in our brain. We know melatonin is our natural sleep hormone. Mm -hmm. We want to give our bodies what it needs to be able to fall asleep. Um, Avoiding heavy meals before bedtime Mm -hmm. um, just takes away everything. It it just sets everything off in, in not a good way. Uh, for kids, I find hot baths before bed help. Mm-hmm. So hot bath and cool room, mm-hmm. the drop in the body temperature that comes from that, again, there's a burst of melatonin release and we want that for our kids. Um, we don't give our kids alcohol. So we're going to stay away from okay. that. For adults. <laughs> yeah, you should. Uh, no <laughs> alcohol. <laughs> Even though there's a misconception, it helps you sleep. It actually disrupts um, your sleep. So yeah. we want to um, stay away from alcohol. I would say those are our key, like our top ones. So good. So good. So um, I, I love the idea of, you know, no screens. I think that's really important. And really getting in that rhythm, mm-hmm. you know, the rhythm, even for ourselves, because I think on the weekends, you know, my kids are always like, can I just stay up and watch, <laughs> you know, some more, it's the weekend. You're so strict. <laughs> and I'm like, you don't get it. No, because then I have to deal with, you know, grumpy kids the next day. I'm just yes. not time for that anymore. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, wow. This is so good. And, and these are, these are, these are steps that we can take. These are Absolutely. Starting today. Yeah. Easy stuff. Yes. Yes. They're not super overwhelming and just pick one. Like Dr. Dasani talked about. Okay. Can you tell us about your books? This is so exciting. You just had your book launch in February. This is this your second book. Yes. Oh my gosh. No, it's my third book actually. Yeah. It's the third one. Yes. Yes. So so this one is called airway is life Mm -hmm. and it is meant for anybody who has someone they love in their life, which is all of us. Um, It's, it's meant for moms, dads, grandparents, teachers, educators, doctors, anybody. If you have someone in your life that you love and you suspect is not sleeping the way they they need to be, um, this is for you. It is meant to be a, a resource. I have taken away all the the big words that we tend to use in um, healthcare and made it to where you know what questions to ask, you Mm. know what conversations to have, you know what things mean and how lack of sleep um, impacts your families. And um, testing, uh, treatment options, modalities, who can help? Mm. Um, who are your healthcare providers that need to be part of a team? Because yes, we need a team mm-hmm. um, to help us all sleep better and feel better. Oh, so good. Well, and I think that as moms, we don't, we just don't know what to do. And then we go to the ENT and we're not educated. You know, we don't know really. What a lot of information. It can be overwhelming. Yes. Yes, because you know, now that we know how important sleep is and why it's so important, that's all we want for our kids is to get it. But, but if, you know, and there, and like you said, there might be a, a point where, yes, you need to get the tonsils and adenoids taken out. You might need to do surgery, but what are the other things that we can do to support our child? Because there's no quick, we know that there's no quick fix. We don't fix the environment in which this 
happened, right, then it's just going to come back. Right. Making sure we're getting to the root, the cause of the problem, instead of putting bandages mm. over. It's like you're patching leaks. We don't yes. want to do that. We want to fix the issue. Yes. Oh, I just love it. I love this conversation. Dr. Tupani, thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me. It's always fun to chat with you. Oh, I can't wait to do it again. I'm just, yes. I can't wait. I'm going to put the link to your book. Um, in this pod, in the show notes, you all make sure you're going to do that. I'm also going to do a post and hit mom um, as soon as we get off here and share the book because I know there's a lot of moms that need this information before this podcast is going to be uh, broadcast. So I'm going to make sure that my moms have that because we need to start now. Yes, there's yeah, we can never do this soon enough. So thank you for sharing this message. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. All right, everyone. Thanks for being here. And we will see you on the next Hidden Moms podcast. Bye.